Bobby Hurley up the floor with Leitner. They throw it to the left of the floor. Leitner catches, comes down, dribbles, shoots, Seconds to Madness, your college basketball podcast. I'm Russell Hainline, joined once again this week from the Firestarter crew. We've got K Bad. How's it going, KB? Oh man, could be better, but blessed to be here. Glad to have you. I'm sure our listeners are very glad to have you as well, so that it's not just me droning on. Um, thank you to everybody who uh, listens to the show. Thank you to everybody who leaves us reviews on iTunes once again. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes if you listen to the show. Uh, it helps our visibility. We really appreciate it. And thank you to the listener. I want to say his name is Kevin, who alerted me that last week I uploaded the wrong episode. I had uploaded the audio from my previous recording with KBAD, and obviously that would not have been very uh, enjoyable for the listeners to listen to the same uh, episode a couple of weeks later. So uh, thank you to, again, I want to say it's Kevin. If, you're, if you know that this is you and you're not Kevin, let me know. Um, I gave you a follow on Twitter. So uh, let's jump right into it, KB. Uh, it's been a pretty eventful week, decently eventful week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess uh, we'll start with, uh, do you have, uh, I know that uh, you've been busy today, do you have a top five, uh, an all-week team? No, I don't. I right, know cool. uh, I, I saw a lot of the uh, Nebraska-Ohio State game yesterday. So if I did yeah. have one, I would definitely include uh, James Palmer from Nebraska on that. Um, a little local flavor, and I know JP Makura had a uh, a pretty good game against Seton Hall. So those are two people that come to mind. Um, I saw Oklahoma just won the night. Trey Young had a good game, so maybe include him as well. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I'll probably be three of them. I've I've got some uh, Nebraska coming up in a minute, so I got you there. Um. Let's go to the first episode or the first uh, person on my list uh, this week. Justin Robinson, Virginia Tech. Uh, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists in the big win at home over UNC. So, KB, here's a stat that I did not expect to see from a UNC team this year. UNC shot 31 three-pointers and 32 two-pointers. Mm. That's not the UNC way traditionally, <laughs> to not put ideal it mildly. Yeah, not ideal. Yeah, um, and you know their their small ball lineup with Johnson and Pinson and May as sort of the stretch five has been really good from what I've seen. Certainly offensively, they've been really good. But when you're playing a team like Virginia Tech that wants to play that way, they want to go thirty three pointers a game. They want that. So um, if you're going to try and play their style. Um, that's not going to work out for you because they want to go small ball. Like, that's that's their bread and butter. Like, unfortunately, UNC may just not have the personnel to play against other teams that can play like that. I mean, uh, certainly they can use a small ball lineup to exploit against other teams because ultimately Pinson and May are guys that are still, you know, big enough for the most part. But against a team like 
Virginia Tech, which ultimately is still smaller than UNC, even when UNC plays small ball. Uh, I just I, I don't know why you would do that. Again, like May did pretty well for himself. I think he had like 23 points, nine rebounds, uh, or some something around there. Uh, but again, the the team was May, Barry, nobody else. Cameron Johnson gave him nothing. Kenny Williams gave him nothing. Theo Pinson, at least he didn't shoot a three, so credit Theo for that, but he gave him nothing. Roy didn't even really play Brooks and Manley. For all the UNC talk about how much uh, Duke uses their bench, uh, they couldn't have gone more than seven deep in that game at most. So uh, at least for meaningful minutes. I know at the end when they were losing, they put in some extra guys. So, uh, yeah, I don't really know what that means for UNC going forward. I definitely thought that their small ball lineup had a lot of potential, but if they're going to just settle for jump shots and take uh, a whole bunch of threes like that, that's not going to work out. And they barely out-rebounded Virginia Tech either. I think Virginia Tech only had maybe like one fewer rebound than them. So uh, they they got to figure that out if they're going to stick with this small ball lineup, which I honestly think they should since Brooks and Manley are nothing to phone home about. But, uh, but yeah, big win for Virginia Tech, obviously. Buzz Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Who else do I have that we can talk about? Uh, Chris Silva moved to the SEC, 27-8 and eight in South Carolina's big win over Kentucky. Uh, and honestly, I've got uh, another one uh, just because I happened to watch some Kentucky this week. Big Blue Nation is going to be mad at me. Maybe I'm the bad luck charm. Um, but I also had Chris Chioza, 13.6 rebounds, 8 assists, and no turnovers in the big win over Kentucky. Now, the South Carolina game was a little more traditional. They beat Kentucky up on the inside, which teams have done some this year. Uh, but I said on last episode, you know, I I didn't think Florida was the type of team that could play inside with Kentucky. And, you know, they got out-rebounded really, really badly. They shot really, really poorly from three. But they kept attacking, and they played pretty good interior defense against guys like Washington, against the penetration from Gilgis Alexander, you know, stuff like that. Um and really getting to the free throw line, something they haven't done a lot in SEC play. Uh, it, what what do you think Kentucky needs, KB? Because Kentucky is uh, – I, I know our boy Huggy on uh, Twitter has, has been upset this week, has been tweeting some very disappointed things from his feed. Uh, so uh, what, what do you think of what you've seen of Kentucky? Yeah, they're not a contender, and um, I'm just going to leave it at that. And um... – I can see Cal uh, trying to maneuver his way out of Kentucky uh, at the end of the season. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, the jig is up. You're, you're no longer getting the cream of the crop recruits like you were getting at one point. And, you know, we all know Cal, Cal's not the best coach in the world. And if he's not getting the upper echelon players, like he's not going to be able to compete with Duke on the recruiting trail. Um, he's not getting those one and done types. That's like the types that are going to allow him to get the final fours and allow him to even a chance to compete for a national championship. If he's not getting that type of talent, then what's the point? Yeah. I mean, I think let's, I'm, I'm going to rewind it a bit. I think Cal is, is certainly a really good coach, you know? Um, but I think that he definitely, when you're going in on the one and dones, this is the risk you take. Right. Like, you know, I, I I think if Cal had these same guys for like another two years, you know what I mean? I feel like I would have a lot of faith that they would be a very, very good basketball team. 
but he's not going to have that, you know, at least for the lion's share of them. He'll have, you know, uh, he'll have some people coming in next year to try and help out, but, uh, you know, I think better point guard play maybe next year. But I, I just don't know what he does short term here. Uh, obviously, he took he took some shots at Duke about uh, recruiting. We can talk about Zion Williamson in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but, I, know, he, I have something to say about that as well. But go ahead. Well, well, why don't we get straight to that? What's the Zion uh, comments you got? Well, congratulations on Zion. You know, um, I don't think. By the way, uh, is it is it is it Zion or Zion? You know. I've never heard him say it, and I've heard multiple media people say it differently. So I'm not sure yet. Well, I coached a kid uh, named Zion, and he, he went by Zion. So maybe I'm kind of going by that. It could be Zion. Zion. I know. I know. Mark has been leaving uh, people voicemails singing Lauren Hill's "Now the Joy of My World Is yeah. Zion." Yeah, yeah. That's that's gonna be his thing. <laughs> and to be honest with you, like good comedy like that is why I can't even be upset about it. And I even told him like when he committed, like congratulations, like, I know I'm gonna get some good comedy out of it. And um, he called me Saturday morning, I mean Sunday morning, and uh, left a voicemail saying, uh, um, "Is Zion Church on?" Because there's a Zion Church literally down the street from my house, and there's another one about two miles down from me. And he was saying the Zion Church, the one on 704 Route 704, is the one on Armory Road. And I called him back like really trying to help him out, and then it hit me, oh, you got me. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, good comedy like that, like, hey, man, congratulations. It's an unprecedented, literally an unprecedented recruiting class. Um, now, as far as what Cal said about it and about what Duke is, like, selling to recruits, dude, you only care what they're selling to recruits because you're not getting them. Like, right. I've had this conversation so many times with college coaches, who would tell me, like, whatever it takes. Like, like that's what their motto is, whatever it right. takes. So if it takes me telling you that if you come to my school, like, you're going to be taken care of for the rest of your life and, like, it's a fraternity, we take care of our own, like, that's what I'm going to do because that's whatever it takes to get you to come there. And if you're buying into that, cool. But the only reason you care that what other people are selling to recruits is now you're not getting them. So miss me with that, you know, I'm trying to do things like this whole, like, holier-than-now thing that he's trying to pull. Like, What was the socialism comment he made? I didn't like, even that's understand. What I'm like, like and some people are saying, like, <laughs> what's wrong with what he said? I'm like, is this like a political ideology now? Like, like oh, where are man. you going with this? Like I, like, I just didn't understand. Like, for somebody like him to make a comment like that, like, you know... It's not the first time he's done it. And it's not the first time he's no. done it. That's another, that's another thing. Like, yeah. this isn't the first time he's done this. But for you to complain about what other programs are selling, are you kidding me? Yeah. All the things that you have to sell at Kentucky, and you're pissed about what somebody else is selling to their brokers, you're not getting the players that you want, you're not getting the pick of the litter anymore? Miss me with that, man. Seriously. Go somewhere right. with it. Right. Yeah, he had that big thing about how uh... – you know, uh, he teaches his kid to fish. He doesn't just give them the fish. Yeah, you know, like, there's like that whole. The... You know what I mean? <laughs> you you know, be like, more full of shit, honestly. You know, this 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 is what I like about Cal, though. I like about Cal a lot the fact that like he clearly just went up there. It was a Monday. They just dropped out of the top twenty-five. He knew he was going to get asked about uh, Williamson, and and he didn't prepare comments at all. 
He was like, I'm just going to, like, stroll up there, going to do my thing, you know, going to say whatever pops up in pops up in the yeah. old dome there, you know. And, yep. And, and it, that popped out? It's, it's incredibly compelling to listen to, and it's part of what's made him, you know, a, a terrific media sort of salesman over the years. You know, it's why he was such a, a successful recruiter. And also, it, it, worth noting, he's still by far and away – the number two recruiter. You know what I mean? He's still, yeah. like, so much better than, like, Sean Miller or Bill Self. You know, he's on a if, – if he's not on K's tier anymore, he is on a tier above everyone else with K a little above him. You know, so <laughs> the fact that uh, – the fact that this blew up the way it did, I'm sure the fact that it correlated with, you know, the lack of success that they had this week is no coincidence, obviously. Um – but, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what Duke does. I don't really have a lot to say about that because it'll depend a lot on uh, the style that Kay will want to play with this personnel. Will he want to play a big man or will he use Williamson as sort of a, a small five, which could be interesting but could also defensively cause some problems. Um, you know, I don't really know what he's going to do with it. I just know it's it's a wealth of talent. Um and yeah, uh, I think I think Mark and uh, Bod texted earlier today that p- I guess people were getting mad because they were referring to it as uh, very Fab Five esque, mm-hmm. and so Michigan fans are getting mad uh, because you can't compare anything to the Fab Five. Yeah. And so that was a uh, yeah that was another thing that came up, um, but you know. I, Maybe, I, uh, honestly, dude, I, I'm not going to be able to take Jalen Rose or Chris Webber on television. No. Well, well, especially not Jalen. Yeah, Chris, really. Chris is okay about it. Chris is Chris is fine. Jalen is insufferable when it comes yeah. to stuff like this. He's right. he's terrible about this. Um, yeah. yeah, that's not going to be good. But anyway, um, but yeah, back to Kentucky. I, I think it's pretty simple. They need better interior play. Like uh, I talked a little bit on the podcast last week how it's really strange that this Kentucky team has been so bad defending on the inside, which is usually one of their strengths, and also really bad rebounding the ball, which has been a huge strength of theirs for the entire run of Coach Cal. So unless guys like Nick Richards, Gabriel, P.J. Washington, uh, you know, maybe Knox, uh, Kalea Jones, like these guys need to really step up and start pounding inside using their length. Uh, you know, one of the big things I saw in the Kentucky-Florida game is Kentucky seemed to be settling for a lot of jumpers. Uh, it was either sort of run to the basket, uh, do something contested. They're, they weren't playing as physical as I feel like people are accustomed to seeing Kentucky play. So that was really strange to me as well. It'll be interesting to see how they close out SEC play. I, I mean, I still think they've got – I don't know what their record is, but they'll still contend for the – SEC title in a year where the top is not necessarily super strong with teams like Auburn, Tennessee, Florida all competing for the uh, the SEC title. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, But, yeah, not a a great year – or not a great week, anyway, for old Big Blue Nation. They've got the talent there. We'll see what happens. Uh, Take it back to the Big 12 for a bit, which, by the way – I just saw the uh, the Kansas Oklahoma game. Well, I'll I'll talk about Trey Young in a minute. Um, Barry Brown, Kansas State. Kansas State needs its own uh, needs its own segment here. Twenty four two and five in their 
blowout of Oklahoma, 15-9 in a win over TCU, and then 34 points, five rebounds, five assists in a win at Baylor. Uh, you know, Kamal Stokes went out, and I think a lot of people thought Kansas State was going to be in trouble. And uh, instead, here they are, second place in the Big 12. You know, there's still two games behind Kansas, now one game behind Kansas after tonight. But uh, really, really interesting. Now, Kansas State always seems to be a team projected as like 7th, 8th in the Big 12, you know, at best. And they always, Bruce Weber, like, he's never a title contender guy, but he always seems to creep his way into, like, overachieving a little bit. Uh, so big props to them, especially with a key player out. Um, I'll, I'll bring up the other people later. Uh, Shake Milton uh, from SMU, 33 points, three rebounds, five assists, and the big win at Wichita State, which, by the way, uh, I don't think I've spoken to you since. Nicely done on the uh, Onions call, Houston at Wichita State. Yep. And then they went and won at Houston as well. Mm -hmm. Houston with the sweep of Wichita State, including with McDuffie back, which I was incredibly surprised by. Yeah. Yeah. They're in a a tougher conference. Yeah. I mean, mean, I know some people may say it's a little simplistic, but I'm not surprised. Like, people, I've seen so many what's wrong with Wichita State pieces. I don't think anything necessarily wrong with them. Right. They're just in a better conference, and they're going to lose more games. A few like, more games. Yeah. Right, they're still so, going to end the season with, like, only seven losses or something. Exactly. Like, that's still, exactly. That's right. still going to be good for, like, probably a 5-6 seed, sure. you know. Sure, Yeah. Uh, which will be – they'll be a very dangerous 5-6 seed. Um, yeah, uh, SMU definitely needed the help. I'm, I'm not really sure how many bids the AAC is going to get. I mean, there's Cincinnati, Wichita State – and then outside of that, I'm not necessarily convinced. We'll we'll maybe start bubble watch in, in a week or two. Um, but definitely, if you want to make the tournament, that is a great way to start. Uh, speaking of teams that really, really needed a win from a conference that will not have a lot of bids, Jock Landale, St. Mary's, uh, 26 points, 12 rebounds, huge win at Gonzaga. I think it's the first time the Gales have won at Gonzaga uh, in some time. Um, St. Mary's now in the driver's seat in the West Coast Conference. And, yeah, uh, not to brag, I had St. Mary's above Gonzaga uh, preseason. I was the only one, and I uh, I rode back on it a little bit <laughs> once Gonzaga started to look really good. But mm. I still just do not trust their guards. Josh Perkins, Silas Melson are not as good as uh, Nigel Williams-Goss and uh, Jordan Matthews. Right? They're just just—they're not on the same plane of existence. They were both terrible against St. Mary's. So uh, big ups to Jock Landale. Also, Gonzaga uh, also suffers from the fact that even though Killian Tilly is really good and Rui Hachimura, they've got two like big men again. They're still really great, but they're not as, as physical and as dominating as Shemek Karnowski and Zach Collins were. So it's a very similar team to last year's, but uh, – but dialed down some. So uh, Jock Landale was definitely had a lot more room to operate, which uh, he took advantage of. Uh, that was my, I guess that's six guys. I, I sort of lumped Silva and Chioza into sort of one. But uh, that was mine, my Ooh Child Award winner this week, KB. Mo Wagner, Michigan. Okay. Uh, two points, one of five shooting in the blowout loss to Nebraska. So you saw some of that Nebraska Ohio State. I'm, you know, I'm pretty impressed with 
Nebraska. I'm not yet sure they're a tournament team, but Tim Miles is coaching for his job. They play hard. I'll, I'll give them that. Like, the kids don't quit. Um, and he's got some pieces. Like, it's taking him a little while, but you you start me slowly starting to see it kind of come together a little bit. Um, when Isaac Copeland is hitting his outside shots, um, when James Palmer is on, um, yeah, they, they can be tough. But that needs to be happening. But, you know, again, they play hard. So I, I'll, I'll definitely give them that. They haven't quit whatsoever. And, um, yeah, like you say, he's coaching for his job, and they play like it. So Yeah, I mean, they've got a weak back half of conference play. Um, I think they're only their toughest road games left. I want to say they've got Minnesota, but now Minnesota doesn't have Reggie Lynch, so that's not as bad. And then uh, they might have Maryland, but Maryland hasn't really been a world beater at this point either. Um, you know, I think it's realistic that Maryland could, or that Nebraska could go maybe like eleven and seven in the Big Ten, uh, maybe sneak into the tournament at twenty and eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which again, I think that would save Tim Miles' job. For oh, sure, sure, sure. yeah, and. And and they definitely set a good template for playing against Michigan. You know, we, uh, again, I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Michigan's very jump shot reliant. They're not what one would call a physical team. And uh, yeah, Nebraska took advantage of that because that's definitely what Nebraska does. They uh, they want to bully some for sure. So um, yeah, Michigan two jump shot reliant, two three point shot reliant. Um, and so once Nebraska started getting in their face, I mean, uh, it was a long day for the Wolverines. Uh, I also have a Marshall Henderson Gunner Award. Uh, you know, I, c- I could give it to a variety. I could give it to a couple of these Trey Young performances. I'll give it to Matt Farrell, though, Notre Dame. Just beat somebody up while they're down. Uh, six points on two of ten three-point shooting and a loss to Clemson. Uh, four straight losses for Notre Dame. Tournament hopes definitely fading. Uh, I know they're really hoping that they could get Bonzi Colson back by March. So if they can make the tournament, then they feel like maybe they could make it interesting. Um, but, yeah, the tournament hopes are definitely fading. I, I think chances are very real that they go sub-500 uh, in ACC play. Uh, and, and then for Clemson, really bad week for Clemson, not just for the Zion Williamson thing. Just lost Dante Grantham for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they really needed him tonight against Virginia. They just got destroyed by Virginia. Um, I want to say Clemson had like 27 points at like the under four of the first half. And then the final score, they they only scored like 39 points total. I mean, there was like a 15-minute stretch where I think they had like one basket. Mm-hmm. So that's Virginia for you. Uh, Isaiah Wilkins, by the way, most of that game, Isaiah Wilkins was on the bench for the second half, uh, did something to his back. Uh, Duke plays Virginia Saturday, and I know that they will very, very badly want him there for that. Um, But, yeah, hopes fading for Notre Dame and for Clemson, although I think this does give Brad Brownell maybe a little bit of a pass. Um, And then Zubek Award winner. Now we'll we'll get to Trey Young here because Mitchell Solomon, Oklahoma State, Two points, seven rebounds, five assists, three steals, two blocks in their big overtime win uh, versus Oklahoma. I just watched this game today. Uh, have, have you seen any of Trey Young in the past couple of weeks, KB? A little bit. Since we yeah. had our conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what, what do you think? 
Uh, just overall of his performances or how he's kind of evolved during the season? Or yeah, I mean, just, just general uh, you know, thoughts? So, yeah, just general thoughts. I'm trying not to lead the questioning too much because mm-hmm. obviously the last time we spoke about it, I expressed some skepticism about Trey Young's ability to maintain his level of play the way he was playing. Right. And certainly the Kansas State game, the Oklahoma State game, um, I think there was one other one in there where he scored a lot of points, but he had like nine turnovers. And, you know, he's averaging something like six turnovers per game. You know, uh, yeah. I, do do you think this is regression back to the mean? Do you think this is, you know, um, a single uh, – just counting too much on a single player in the system? Uh, you know, what, what can we take away from it? Um – I think it's a little bit of that. Um, you know, it's a it's a long season when you are um, playing as much as he is, as much as is expected of you. Um, you know, going to every game, you're the undoubted focus of every team that you play. Um, For sure. And just physically, mentally, like it starts to get, you know, draining a lot on a kid like that. Um, you know, even at this point where we are in late January, um, it's a lot. I mean, that, that, that conference slate that they have, like, it, it's not easy. And, you know, we, we talked about it, I think, like in late December. Could he keep this up? And, you know, at some point you got to give the kid credit if he's able to keep it up. But, you know, he's going to have games where, you know, he's not exactly on. But at the same time, like, I mean, what other ways are they going to win games? Right. Well, it's funny you said that, KB, because that sort of leads to uh, where I was going to go with it. So, uh, Oklahoma State game, he he gave one of those games where uh, he looked special at times, and then at other times he looked like a kid who watched too much Steph Curry. Sure. You know, just he was uh, like I was reminded of watching some of those like LaMelo Ball high school games where he's just coming down the court and chucking it from 35, 38 feet, mm. not even looking. Right now, when he looks to pass, he's an exceptional passer. He's a brilliant passer. Um, but, yeah, he's got just such an aggressive green light, um, which I don't know is necessarily a good thing uh, long term, at least for like tournament hopes. But tonight versus Kansas. I think he had like 25, 26 points. Um, he only shot the ball nine times, and he had something like nine assists. He still had a few turnovers, but um, I, I tell you what, uh, he was looking to pass every time. He was not taking the customary let me shoot it from 38 five times a game thing. I think he took his first three-pointer like 16 or like like four minutes into the second half, right? And they beat Kansas. They they beat a good Kansas team. And and at the end of the game, how did they beat the good Kansas team? Trey Young drew the defender. He dishes to an open guy for the three. Two plays in a row. They close out the game. I think that if they want to go far in the tournament, he can't be chucking those long shots. I think that he very, very realistically can be, without those crazy shots, still getting 10 to 12, 13 assists a game. And he's got shooters around him. James can shoot. Manic is a phenomenal shooter. Um, they've got guys that can make those distant shots. I, I think that if he continues that, uh, 
then they will be in really, really good shape. And, and again, that's some learning curve stuff too, right? That's just learning how to play under control, learning to play within yourself, learning to trust your teammates, etc. So, you know, obviously I've been a little harder on the kid than most. He's a lot of fun to watch, but, you know, the concerns are there. But tonight I thought he was exceptional. I thought he played really, really well. So I'm excited to see whether he can continue that going forward or whether we'll go back to, like, the 30 attempts per game that he had been having beforehand. Mm. And, you know, I, I bet there's a part of him, too, that early on when he's taken so many shots, there's probably the part of him that thinks this is what's going to help with my draft stock. And he's like, right, that does help. But I feel like if he's doing it in 10 shots a game instead of 20, that just helps him all the more. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. So I don't know. Ultimately, at the end of the at the end of the day, you know your stats don't really matter as much as just like what you do on film. And I, you know, yeah. something I tell my kids all the time, like you know, scouts, whoever it is, they're not looking at you know how many points you average, which is right box scores, like. yeah, yeah, box scores, all that stuff, stuff like that. They just gonna look at the film. So you got good film that that speaks for itself. So I tell you what, these passes towards the end, and that's one thing that Kruger that we know Kruger can do from when he had healed and Woodard and uh, those Oklahoma guards in the last couple of years. I mean, he draws up some plays for those guards, man. Oh the, sure. These oh, last couple of plays yeah. in the Kansas game, they oh, were just yeah. beauties, and 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 Trey just nailing the passes too. He yep. he he can put it on a saucer out there. It's nice. Yep. Yep. But Oklahoma State, props to them because, you know, uh, Jeff, Jeffrey Carroll was real good. Averett had some good plays. And Mitchell Solomon, probably a more Zubeckian performance than normally wins this award. Like, he was just tapping the ball out, uh, he, just putting a body on guys, not getting a block, but, like, you know, just altering shots. You know, he was just doing, like, all the stuff that doesn't show up in that game. So he he really really changed the game uh, in that Oklahoma State Oklahoma game. They were they were struggling to get things going inside. Um, I think that does it for the awards. I don't have anything else. Do you have a top eight? I don't even have a top eight. I don't think I could I could I could BS one. Yeah, I got a top eight. Um, there's always stuff on the bottom. At number eight, I got Xavier. Seven, West Virginia. Uh, six, Kansas. Five, Michigan State. Four, Purdue. Um, three UVA, two Duke, and number one Nova. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll go eight UVA, number seven. Uh, mm, nope, I'm gonna take that back. I'm gonna go number eight, Cincinnati. Uh, I like what they're doing. They're undefeated in conference. They, uh, I forget who it was they were playing that they held to like 32 points or something the other night, but that's just ridiculous. Um, number seven West Virginia, six. Xavier, um, actually, I might need to change this up a little bit. I'll go six, Kansas, five, Xavier, number four, uh, Purdue, uh, number three, you know, Virginia's got the better resume, so I'll go Duke, number three, Virginia, number two, Villanova, number one for now, but that'll set up an exciting game for this weekend, so we'll mm -hmm. see. Um, games for this week, KB. Uh, let's start Louisville at Miami. Who you got? I'm going to go Miami. Yeah, I'm going to go Miami too. Uh, I think Louisville deserves a lot of credit. They're playing really well. Um, you know, I think their only loss is like an overtime loss, like at Clemson or something like this. Um, so they're doing real well in ACC play, but ultimately I, I, I don't know that they've got the bodies inside to deal with Huell and Miami's just more talented. Virginia at Duke. This is definitely the big one this week. 
Duke. Yeah, home is definitely good um, for this. The, the fact that they only see uh, Virginia once, and it's at home. Uh, Gary Trent seems to be coming alive. He just made a three, as I said that. Um, I want to see if Isaiah Wilkins plays because Virginia definitely has the bodies to hurt Duke inside. Duke is the most efficient scoring offense on the inside, the most efficient offensive rebounding team in the country. Um, but Virginia usually nullifies that a lot, and they force teams – to beat them by shooting, which is how Duke normally is beaten teams. But I'm not 100% sure that this team has the consistency uh, to do that. And, uh, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether Duke can defend the perimeter, which they have not been doing very well against Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, uh, Devin Hall, uh, people like this. If Wilkins is healthy, I'm tempted to go Virginia here, or at least to pick. If I was gambling, I'd take Virginia in the points in a heartbeat. Um, but otherwise, it's it's very much a coin flip. I want to see how, if they've got a healthy Wilkins because he'll make a big difference against Bagley, and if they can put the clamps on Bagley a little bit, that would help them a lot. Uh, Oklahoma at Alabama. Uh, I'm gonna go. This is the Trey Young Colin Sexton matchup we've been waiting for, KB. Yeah. Uh, going Sooners. I'm going to go Alabama. I, I don't know that Oklahoma's seen too many defenses that are as tough as Alabama's. Uh, I think they've got the backcourt guys to help, you know, uh, deal with Trey Young. I think Avery Johnson will be prepared for Trey Young. Um, I think it'll be a close one, and obviously Oklahoma can hit some threes, but uh, I like Alabama at home here. Baylor at Florida. I'm going to go Baylor. Yeah, I'm going to go Baylor as well, even with the big win at Kentucky. I'm just still concerned about Florida's interior play, and Baylor definitely has some some big physical bodies inside to deal with that. Uh, Michigan State at Maryland. I wrote, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> the Big Ten sucks, KB. It the really, Big Ten really is does. garbage. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Garbage. Yeah, I, almost really put, is. I almost put Michigan State – like Michigan State's like what sixth ranked right yeah, now or something like that. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I don't know about all that. Yeah, I but get it. Mich- I, Michigan I, State I could, at Maryland College yeah. Park. Yeah, I'm going Michigan State. Yeah, I, I, at this at this point, honestly, like I want Maryland to lose every game the rest of the season, just because I want their fans as upset as they possibly could be, because <laughs> they're always taking shots at Georgetown and like how far we've fallen. But um, after their loss last night, like a dude started a thread where it literally said Turgeon can suck a dick. So yeah, <laughs> he was he was he was posting Nick Caner madly. Yeah, Caner <laughs> madly. I like that. Yeah, I like, I like that. The... I, I like that one. I might have to use that. <laughs> Please do. I use that. I use that all the time when Maryland fans <laughs> keep getting mad madly. online. He's posting Nick Caner madly. Madly, pretty good. Um. Yeah, I, I guess I'll go Michigan State because they've shown the propensity to defend, and Maryland just turns the ball over so much. Um, I don't really know what they're going to do with Fernando. If you know, I posted, I, I said something last week, KB. Jaron Jackson has more fouls per minute than any player in, I think maybe in the country, but certainly in the Big Ten. Really? Out of players who play significant minutes. He's averaging something like six fouls every forty minutes. He just can't stay on the floor, and Nick and Nick Ward can't defend the interior at all. So 
that's definitely going to be Maryland's path to success in this game. But, um, yeah, they just turn it over too much. Michigan State can defend if they can do anything else. So I'll, I'll go with them there. But, man, it is Purdue – and then kind of Ohio State, and then everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. In Ohio, Kent, in Ohio State, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to come around, KB. I don't know. Okay. I, it's, All right. It, it's hard to say. It's hard okay. to say. Um, they've got a legit conference player of the year contender, all American. Yeah, yeah, he's tremendous. He's incredible. Um, He's yeah, been fantastic. Sure. Um, just overall, and maybe it's just like that Big Ten style. Of, I don't know what it is. I just kind of look at them. I, I, you know, I just kind of shrug my shoulders. Like they can lose in the first round of the tournament. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. They could. They could. Um, yeah, I just think they they've shot the ball well. They defend pretty well. They play tough. You know, Holtman definitely has them trying really hard, which is certainly something you couldn't say about the team in the last two years. Um, I I wrote this team off for dead at the beginning of the year. I was like, Holtman's going to have a hard year. They're going to be in the basement of, of a bad conference. But, man, they, they could seriously win the Big Ten. I mean, all they'd have to do is, is knock Purdue – and then, and then they're they're in the driver's seat. I, I, that's a tough task, obviously, but still, um, the fact they're that close when I thought they were going to be the last place team, uh, or at least a contender for last place, is is really something else. So, uh, props to Holtman there. Um, Kansas at Kansas State, KB. I'm gonna go Kansas State. I'm gonna go Kansas State too, and I tell you what, if Kansas State beats Kansas. That's going to make this Big 12 title race pretty interesting. Yeah. Because I, I think Kansas will have two losses if that's the case. And then there's a grip of people with two and three. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. I, I would love to see that happen. They've got the backcourt to do it. Uh, and then Notre Dame at Duke. Duke. Yeah, this would have been interesting. You know, and I guess it could still be if they make a lot of threes, it could be interesting. But they, uh, I just don't see the bodies. They're shooting the ball real, real bad. Uh, and then UNC at Clemson. I want to pick Clemson, but no Grantham. I can't do it. I'm going Carolina. Yeah, I agree for exactly the same reason. If they had Grantham, uh, I think Clemson would have been favored in Vegas if they had Grantham. I bet I bet it would have been Clemson minus two, something like this. Um but, yeah, they won't. So, UNC, I got to go there. Um, but, again, if UNC shoots the ball a lot against Clemson like that, I think Clemson would be happy to play that style with them. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, anything else, KB? Anything else uh, worth noting in the old college basketball world? Nothing I can think of, man. No? Uh, no no reports from Lithuania about a <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah, I ain't got no news on that, man. I saw, I saw, a, I saw a thread the other day, and I re, I retweeted it from the two point seconds of madness. People don't understand that Lithuania pro ball is harder than college basketball. No like, doubt about it. Like they don't understand that because they're like, oh, Lithuania, lol. You know, they just right, try right. to crack their jokes. But like, mm-hmm. these are grown men they're playing against, coaches yep. who don't speak English, who don't yep. give a shit about the balls. Yep. LaMelo could be good enough to play pr- 
pro basketball, maybe in a couple of years of some development, Leangelo is at most a, a towel dispenser in the NBA. You know what I mean? Yep. So yep. I don't know what they think they're going to do there, man. Yeah, well. But Billy Preston going that way too, going yes, to Bosnia. He is. Yes, he is. Um, you know, if he uh, – he could come back. Uh, he could come back to America, though. Will it go round in circles? I don't know. That's pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> that's gonna go over. That's gonna go over so many people's heads, man. But yeah, I appreciate it. I hey. appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, he's flying high like a bird up in the sky, all the way to Bosnia. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um. Disappointing we didn't get to see him because he's an actual, like, he could be drafted in the NBA draft. And I, I saw his exhibition games. I saw Kansas play a couple of exhibition games. And I really liked what I saw out of him, at least on the offensive end, the fact that he, he really could make those uh, sort of mid-rangers. Um, he could step out a little bit, which definitely is going to be very in flavor in the NBA. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't, I don't know why he didn't just do the Mitchell Robinson route and just, like, sit the next couple of months. Right, um, right. Maybe he just figured he might be more likely to be like a second-round pick. Maybe he thought he could get a better deal overseas. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, th- that's sort of an interesting development as well. Yep. But, yeah. All right, well, then uh, we'll wrap this episode up. Then, KB, tell the good people where they can find you. Um, every Thursday morning on the Half Five Starter Podcast. Um, just go to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, tune in wherever you listen to your podcast. At this type, type in Hot Five Starter, and uh, you'll be able to find a podcast. We talk about it, whatever it may be. And um, you can find me on Twitter at KBads. That's K B A D D S. And um, yeah, I'll see you guys next week. I hear I hear the uh, the Lakers talk is coming to a uh, it's coming to a head here between. Uh, yeah, that's Bob actually TKO. one of the segments that that people kind of look uh, look forward to most now <laughs> is them just arguing about the Lakers for like twenty minutes now. So <laughs> it, it allows me. I go to the bathroom, I make a sandwich during that segment. I just come back and they're still mm-hmm. going at it. And I they're appreciate still going it. At so. it. Yep. Hey, you know, I told I told people today, you know, I, I I'm I'm not sure Kobe wanted to get nominated for an Academy Award. Here we go. We're gonna talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to hear that segment tomorrow, because if he if he rolls up to that ceremony wearing a Times Up pin, yep, <laughs> yep. What do you think would be worse if he's the only guy without a Times Up pin, or if he wears the Times Up pin? Hey, dude, this thing about it in this society, it doesn't really matter. You can't win either way. He can't. <laughs> you can't and I would say, I would say he should just stay home but it's kobe he's not staying home he's not staying home he's gonna sit up there like what the fuck i just got the academy award i'm gonna stay home the hell out of here he's gonna be grinning uh, hey look if james franco can go to the sag awards like he did this weekend yes indeed <laughs> then, yes, then kobe's indeed. then kobe's rolling up to the uh the academy awards he just no he just better it. stay far away from those microphones he better just yeah it's yeah. gonna, he's he's gonna be like he's gonna be like George with the Frogger machine dodging all those uh, <laughs> microphones at the Academy Awards, man. Good grief! Oh man, it's come to this. Yeah, Kobe can't even go to the Academy Awards in 28. Like, wow. That's what we are, man. Oh, it's not a good year for it, man. Not it's a good not. year for it. Yeah, not, the timing is not the best. Timing less than ideal. I didn't even look at his mentions from when he tweeted he was really happy. I mean, I'm sure yeah. most of it was just sports fans. But I bet sure. if I scrolled down there, I might have yeah. uh, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, you, 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 want, you want the scroll far, so. Yeah. <laughs> I could find some fun in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, speaking of movies, I got a podcast, The Long and Late Movie Show. We predicted the Academy Award uh, major category nominations on the last episode, uh, tied with my co-host Shira, which is a little disappointing. She beat me, uh, or she, she tied with me. I, I thought I had it. I thought I had it in the palm of my hand. It got away from me. Um, and then we'll talk about some new movies, uh, The Commuter, uh, Paddington, uh, Den of Thieves, you know, a uh, bunch of new stuff that's out. And we'll do our uh, year-end Best of 2017 awards, uh, I think in the next week or two as well. So if you like hearing about movies, uh, check us out there. That show's on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, uh, Twitter.com slash LNL Movie Show. I'm Russell H. Film everywhere. On Instagram, on Twitter, uh, Snapchat, you know, wherever somebody may find me. And uh, I'll, I guess I'll also give a plug, because people have uh, asked about it. I started a beer Instagram, because I'm a, uh, I'm a 30-year-old white guy with a beard. So I needed a, a, an Instagram for my beers. So uh, Russell H. Beer, you can follow that as well. Um, see what your boy's been drinking. And, uh, yeah. You can check that out and uh, and give me some beer trades. I've heard that's something that people do on the internet. I haven't done it yet, but apparently beer there's trades. a big like craft oh. beer trade thing. I've that's that's all new to me. But hey, uh, I'm open to anything as it as it pertains to a nice cold beer. Um, this podcast, Seconds to Madness, on Twitter. Seconds the number two, Madness. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. Uh, we're on Facebook. I don't remember what the link is there. Secondstomadness.tumblr.com if you need a direct MP3 link. Thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you to everybody who shouts out again. Thank you to Kevin. I want to say your name is Kevin. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely helping me out uh, regarding posting it. I promise I will post this episode correctly this time. Uh, that will be a relief for our listeners. Please leave us an iTunes review if you have not. Uh, we really appreciate it. definitely helps with our visibility. Uh, one or both of us will be back next week. Uh, it's a bit of a slower schedule this coming week, but the week after definitely has a ton of nice marquee games to talk about. So uh, keep listening to us. Keep looking for us in your podcasts. And uh, KB, as always, a pleasure. All right, bro. Appreciate you. All right, so for KBAD and for myself, Russell Hainline, this has been 2.1 Seconds to Madness. Good night. <laughs> You know my stage, let them know, do your thing, dog. Keep it live.